that was so weird. I sent myself the link through an email. Hmm. You know what? The the little fun waiting room music stopped playing. When, huh. I, when I copied the link and sent it via phone, like via text message, the little doo-doo-doo fun music just stopped playing. I guess you never hear that because you're not the one starting the Anchor app. But it has a cute little digital Tootsie tone that plays, and uh, <laughs> it was not playing. Very huh. odd. This is a momentary look behind the curtain. A look, fun yeah. local podcasters. <laughs> That's right. Uh, our our daddy company, our big corporate daddy, uh, Spotify, really fucked up this time. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to pay for this crime. Mm -hmm. I'm demanding uh, at least 60% of Joe Rogaine's salary. Oh, my gosh. You haven't talked about him in a hot minute. I know. Well, we don't want to make him mad. That's true. Because, you know, he might be, like, back in shape. I don't know. He... Anytime I do listen to clips of his podcast, it's usually him talking about how he went on some kind of psychotic diet and just shits himself for three weeks. So, uh, you know, if he's not shitting himself right now, he could be dangerous. It's true. But if I he mean, is shitting honest, himself, even if he is shitting himself, that's dangerous to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. I don't know. Probably. Especially if he's running around while he's doing it. Yeah. We don't need this in the air. Welcome to season two. <laughs> what a way to start. We're Hi. coming in strong. <laughs> well, I don't want to say that. Okay. Hi. Hello. Um, we are those meddling kids and we are a comedy horror podcast. So, you know, we like to talk about horror movies. And shit. <laughs> Apparently. Literally and figuratively. Analogical humor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, careful, careful with uh, diets, y'all. Um, diet culture is kind of wild. And just, you know, listen to your body a little bit. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, Trust it. Trust your body. Your body seriously. will respond. Uh, even if you're mm-hmm. shifting into a good and healthy way of eating if you were not eating good and healthy prior to that your body will tell you as well yes so be prepared even if you're shifting into a good and correct diet you may have a very bad time yeah <laughs> lifestyle changes are difficult um and that was your older siblingish advice for the pod for this episode that, that was your health advice coming from a guy drinking a mixture of cranberry juice and cranberry hard seltzer that is in an Ocean Spray Diet Cranberry Juice bottle. Nice. Really just dumped the can of cranberry hard seltzer into the cranberry juice bottle. I, um, I have some ginger ale because I have not been feeling great this week. So it's all good. Just got to eat tons of yogurt. Gosh. <laughs> Fire down the yogurt. You're the second person who's talked to me about eating yogurt today, and now I really wish I had some. <laughs> I have a giant tub of this stuff called Greek God's yogurt, and that shit slaps. 
Ooh. I think they are loading it with sugar because it's Greek style yogurt, but it doesn't have it's any of that that undertaste. It has the tiniest bit of it. So the it's still there. Undertaste? No, but it's not like you know, as wiggity wiggity whack as it could be if you're having like a faye. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember which brand I used to eat a lot. But then it um I it, my part of the bunker is more southern. So it's warmer, and um, so keeping my stuff cool at work can be difficult. Um, I think now we're getting to a point where I could probably start bringing some yogurt with me, though, which would be nice. Um, I've been eating a lot of carrots with ranch as part of my lunch lately, which is good. I actually crave them now. I see. I can't do ranch. I only do with the peanut butter, like you know, mm-hmm. big that mm-hmm. I am. But I do measure out the peanut butter to make sure I'm not eat accidentally ingesting like you know six thousand calories of peanut butter, which is like very easy to do. It is, but here's my thing. So as a vegetarian, I take my protein where I can get it. So if it's in peanut butter, I don't beat myself up over it. So yogurt would be okay for you though, right? It is. Oh yeah. No, yogurt's great for me. Like I said, it was more just so a temperature thing. Oh, oh, no, I was thinking vegan. Vegans probably couldn't have yogurt because Yeah. You have to have a different kind then. I am not that hardcore. The only reason I don't eat meat is because it makes me legitimately shit my pants. So (laughs) So you don't want to have that. Yeah. We don't like that, folks. No. This is not the Joe Rogan podcast, so we're not going to be shitting our pants. Uh-uh. Unlike might, who does shit his pants. I might try some turkey around Thanksgiving. Um, I do miss that. I'm not going to lie. Those Wawa turkey bowls are calling my name. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to eat turkey Thanksgiving, but for me, turkey is just merely a vessel for, for stuffing. There you go. That's the star of the show to me. I mean... Turkey, whatever. And you could smear tons of butter on it to make it taste okay. But if you don't do that, it's just a giant, dry, shitty bird. And I don't even know why they didn't just make, like, brisket for Thanksgiving meat. Um, probably because it was easier to catch turkeys. That's true. Um, most likely, historically speaking, because it was a coastal place, they probably ate a lot of fish. Maybe you'll stuff the fish for Thanksgiving. There you go. Um, yeah. Then you get a numerous fish. What's your, what, uh, listeners, what is your favorite side for this holiday season? This preemptive part of it. Um, I really like, like, mashed potatoes and biscuits. Those are, those are my big carbs. Is that a, the biscuit an addition because of your now being a transplant to the South? Or is, was that always? Oh, no, it was always. Okay, okay. I've always really liked um, bread, and Thanksgiving was when we got to have fancy biscuits. Um, For anybody who's not from the U.S., uh, by biscuits, I mean like a a buttermilk sort of a thing, not a cookie. Um, And we always just had, like, 
store brand bread a lot of the time. And then for this holiday, you get to have like the fancy ones. Like, um, so that's when I'll get like the grands. Hey, grands sponsor us. I love carbs. Um, and, uh, you know, you get to have those and you get to eat a few of them. And that's, that's really fun for me anyway. But if you want to put out a plate of cookies at your Thanksgiving dinner, I'm not going to stop you. Oh, no, no, no. no. This podcast is pro putting out a plate of cookies on your Thanksgiving dinner plate. I feel like maybe it should just happen. It should just happen. We used to have chocolate chip cookies and then pie because my younger brother doesn't like pie, but he does like chocolate chip cookies. So, so I actually really don't like pumpkin pie, but I make one every year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I just put more whipped cream than pie on the plate. So I can I'm, taste the cracker crust. But I'm barely. not a huge pumpkin pie fiend either. I want like a slice and then I'm good for like the whole year. Yeah. I like like pumpkin breads. I like like pumpkin strudels. I like other pumpkin things. I just feel like mm-hmm. the pumpkin pie ratio isn't right. You know what pumpkin I mean? Roll. Oh, that's shit. Flat. Yeah, I that's mean, that, it. You know, that's the dessert. For our non-American friends here, I don't know if pumpkin roll made it out of the states, but that is a spiral of like a pumpkiny cake mm-hmm. spiraled with cream cheese. Like a cream yeah. cheese icing. It's delicious. It would, it, it, it's like a rolled sponge, like a thin sponge, but it's pumpkin. Yeah. And it is powerfully good. It's and around so good. here, we have tons of Amish people that make it. And those motherfuckers do not skimp on the butter because they're making their own. Correct. Like if you're rolling your own butter, you don't have to worry about, you know. <laughs> Anything. Like you're churning it, not rolling it. Maybe you are rolling it. I don't know. I'm not going to judge. They can do it however they want to do it. <laughs> this Sorry. is when everybody in the podcast finds out that we don't actually make our own butter. We're not good. Yeah. This is, this is the big reveal. This is the big twist of the podcast. This is the, the, um, the bunker is not equipped. Butter. We don't have a butter churning. butter churning stations. The bunker in the middle of the CIA building does not have a butter churn. Correct. Surprisingly so. Yeah. It does have the actual body and a you know suit of DB Cooper who was at the CIA plant. Surprisingly. Uh it's just like a skeleton with those sunglasses and the black suit. It's really weird that it's sitting here. We still don't know who he was. We're we're circling back around and bringing that gag back. We don't know who he was. He's just a skeleton sitting here in a suit. I like so to talk to him Cooper. sometimes. He's got like a suitcase full of money. Yeah. That says IMDB Cooper on it. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a bit on the nose, but all right. Perhaps yeah. it wasn't so mysterious after all. Also, JFK is here. Uh, turns out they, they blasted a clone. The real guy just kind of hangs around. Yeah, he's in hiding now. Yeah, um, really boring. He, he does not like it when I talk to him, nor does he care about butter or our opinions about Thanksgiving food. No. And he's not into horror movies, which really makes him like kind of a shitty, uh, you know, roommate, as it were. It's like, come on, man. Come on. 
Yeah. Know? No, I don't want to hear about Camelot or whatever the fuck you're talking about. I just, you know, I Camelot wanna... is just for rich white people to feel better about being rich and white. Exactly. Ich bin ein, shut the fuck up, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn Monroe deserved better. Oh. Damn. Yeah, but probably. She but she did. Um, overall. Speaking of shitting yourself, I mean, JFK was a guy who was shitting himself all the time, too. They don't want to tell you that, folks, but he did shit himself a lot. Also, he hid that from the American public. What a strange thing to do. I guess not. I mean, you probably don't want to... You're trying to get, you know, in a detente with Castro. You probably don't want to be like, oh, I shit my pants. He might make fun of you. Who knows? Uh, We've really gone off the rails. I wouldn't want Castro to make fun of me. He was kind of scary. I bet he had some zingers. I'm sure he did. I mean, he definitely had zingers. I mean, he came to America and hung out with, like, black people and shit and wasn't a shitty racist to them as a way to, like, you know... I don't know. No, just a classist. Yeah. Um, But anyway, revisionist history happening... Um, And maybe, you know, if JFK would just stop being such a terrible person to share the bunker with, we would stop slavering his name. But not all the way, because he he wasn't that great anyway. No, he's kind of a Mm ding-dong. Anyway, um, he's up there with the uh, Abe Lincoln train of liberal presidents that were supposed to be like, oh my god, and then you find out more about them and you're like, oh my god. Now, see, I thought Abe Lincoln's oh my god thing was that it just turned out that he was a log cabin Republican, which is to say he was a Republican, but also a gay guy, but like secretively gay or something like that. That was like the thing I heard. Was um, like, you know, no, whatever. he honestly didn't care about, like, he was very pro slavery. Um, the only reason yeah. why that turned into a thing was because he wanted abolitionist um, votes and things like that. Jeez. That sucks. Yeah. And um, Thanksgiving, which he instated, is actually a um, a dinner where you give thanks because you murdered a whole bunch of Native Americans and stole their land. So maybe you should take your racist pilgrims off your table. That's why we basically skip Thanksgiving in the house, minus the meal. Yeah. We got the tree up. We've already got the garland hung up with care and some Christmas balls on it because I thought it looked classy. Yes. Um, but, you know. I've switched to my Yuletide bedding. I got new bedding, and I'm very excited about it. Um, and I am, my like, a lot of my autumn decor is, like, skeletons or, like, gnomes with pumpkins. Like, it's not... <laughs> It's not traditional decorations at all. I mean, the yeah. notes, you could just make those look like tiny Santas. Exactly. You're halfway there. Put little hats on the skeletons. You're done. Yeah. Put Christmas I have a, I have a gnome skeleton, and so I'm trying to figure out how to make them a little bit more Yule tidy so that I can keep them out this year. Um, yeah, holly jolly. But um, I've got some snowflake stickers up. And uh, we're, we're slowly getting there. I need to take some stock of things. I did work on my um, Christmas Yuletide gift spreadsheet this year for my budget because I'm a nerd. 
<laughs> Damn. So we got that started. You actually plan that stuff out and don't just go out on the, the day before the holiday and just seeing your credit card like a moron? Um, Pusha. I, I, I try to. It doesn't always work. It gives me a feeling of control where I don't have one. Because then I sit there and I'm like, oh, okay, the budget. There's no budget. There's not really the budget. Like, it's what I spend, I spend. <laughs> I tried I tried to do that the one year. It just didn't work out. So I was just like, screw it. Just, uh, you know, do whatever. Having what kids does make it different. Oh, it does. It makes it way yeah. different. Yeah. It's way um, more expensive. It is. I only have a few kids that I buy for. And as like the aunt figure, you don't have to go as hard. So yeah, it, it definitely makes a difference. For sure. And like you gotta yeah, sprinkle in some practical gifts, throw some clothes in there, but you know, they're getting the uh-huh. age now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Toys, 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 toys. Just give me all the toys. Yeah. Soon it'll be tech. They're going to be looking for tablets and doodads of all kinds that are going to be more and more difficult to afford and accommodate to. But anyway, we've digressed incredibly. We have. Uh, We're here to talk about a horror movie. We are. And then Um, we'll probably sprinkle this shit in. Oh, and we totally forgot to introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Bree. And I'm Pat. How's it going? <laughs> We're doing I'm great. drinking booze out of an ocean spray bottle. You know what? That is necessity's the mother of engine. I'm proud of you that you figured that out. Well, here, here's the thing. Uh, there was about half a cup left of the ocean spray in there, but it was cold. And the seltzer was not oh. cold. Uh-huh. So, by law of uh, transmission or some shit like that, I was able to make the seltzer kind of cold by, you know, dumping it into this cold cranberry juice. Yeah. Quite a delicious mixture. You know, it's only 100 calories or so, 105 if you're counting a cup of cranberry diet juice. This is a health podcast, and we're we're talking about... <laughs> <laughs> we are talking a lot about health tonight. We are. We're odd really for us. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, real life, but odd for us on the pod. It's odd for the pod, but you know, you gotta. You're coming in with a sequel season. You gotta start throwing in yeah. interesting and shit in the mix. That's the other thing is it's also the start of the holiday season, so we're gonna be talking about food. We're gonna be talking about things we're excited for. Um, you know, baking's gonna happen soon. And um, family gatherings, which was the inspiration for our choice to talk about this week. Indeed. And probably um, weeks to come, I would say. Yeah. Uh, we were trying to uh, look at some horror movies that have some family together time to see how, how, it, how it turns out. And um, so this week we're talking about Your Next from 2011. And what a film it is. Uh, and a real, a real like, I don't want to say throwback, because it's not a throwback. It's its own thing, but it definitely carries a lot of 80s horror and slasher vibes throughout. 
and it's from 2011 or so. So I think this is kind of before the sort of 80s revisionist retro bring all this shit back. I mean, like way before Stranger Things. I think we're ahead of it by like four years or so. But before that wave happened where now everybody wants to do 80s shit. Uh, minus, I think the one exception to that is probably like 2008's Ah, oh, shit. Super 8 by J.J. Abrams, which was like a a really heavy 80s throwback kind of light horror movie as well. But yeah, this definitely is a an interesting look at family dynamics. Uh, there is uh, a, an awkward dinner, too. There is. I'm surprised at how much I liked this movie. I have been kind of tiptoeing around this movie for years. And I don't know why. It just kind of looked like I wasn't going to enjoy it. And I really liked it. Like, I'm, I'm going to rewatch this a few times. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back in just to... I, don't, I think I might survey it again just to catch all the... Yeah. ...holes again. Because, like, this movie was... You know, and we'll, we'll get into it as, as we come to the pieces, but, like, it's so fucking gory. Mm-hmm. Like, just really it's in your gnarly. face. It is gnarly. Yeah. But in the um, best way. And yeah. High on the gore factor. Um, and also, um, the runtime was great. It's only... This came, yeah, this came in pretty... This was pretty tight. I feel like it was like nine An hour minutes and thirty five minutes. Yeah, it was not long, which was honestly perfect for this storyline. Um, it let us get in. We met the family. Um, we spent a little bit more time with some of them than the others, but I don't think we needed to spend any more time with them. Like I think we we had a good chunk of getting to know them, and then we went you go into the gore pretty fast. It's a fast pace, but it's a good fast pace. Like it, it all fits. Yeah, it's not overwhelming. Yeah, correct. Correct. There are good pauses in it. There's good bits of humor in it. So you can take a breath. But you don't get too long to take a breath. Like No. I think um, a lot of movies, particularly horror movies, um, this was good. Like this was a good way to do it. I would point this out to a lot of people if they were like, wow, I want to make a a really good slasher film. Um, But I don't want it to be too much of anything. I'd be like, yeah, okay. Watch your next. For sure. I feel, and I feel like too, it's, it's meta textually aware, but it's not Mm -hmm. like, say like a screen movie where it's like self referencing itself. Correct. Um, I love the cold open. So like Mm -hmm. if we're going to like break through the movie, I love that it has a cold open for one. Mm -hmm. I really love that storytelling device. Um, in, in, in horror especially, but like it works in all kinds of genres. It's great in comedy too, but like it was fucking awesome. And it set the tone for the movie in such a great way. And honestly, too, I don't even know why the couple that got killed got killed. Because I don't I th- think they have any connection to the rest of it. I think it was just like a random killing. 
it's Maybe because there's a they're the, the closest house. Oh. So then the killers kind of were using that house's base and they used it as bait. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Because at first I was like, okay, what the fuck do these people have to do with anything? <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, when... oh. Also, who has a vacation home in like the middle of Missouri? Seems like an odd place well, for... Was... Oh. It's going to turn into his retirement home. He's supposed to fix it up, yeah. and then I think they were going to go there. Which I, I want to know. Okay, so what? These folks were married 35 years, they said. That's their anniversary. How mm. young are they that he's already retiring from like civil defense? Was well, he forced to retire? <laughs> nah, he probably just killed enough people where he's like, you know, yeah. my body count's pretty high. Uh, when you're in that industry, you could make like a fuck ton of money by the time you're like 45 if you wanted to. That's true. Because at first I was looking at them and I was like, wow, these people do not look old at all. And then Crispin, by the way, all of these kids have amazing fucking names. <laughs> like Crispin, Felix. The waspiest wasp names that you could have. And um, Crispin's like, yeah, they've been married for 35 years. And I'm like, oh, okay. So let's be generous and say 22 Something like that. I mean, well, yeah. the wife, Aubrey, also, I need to point out, is played by horror movie legend Barbara Crampton. Correct. Who you may know from many, many films, but especially from, like, Reanimator. I think that was, like, her big breakout role, I believe. Yeah. But she's been in horror and, like, is a fixture of horror. Yeah. And will remain so for, like, ever. As far as I can tell. I mean, it fucking rocks. And yeah, and she does a um, back for blood um, to bring our uh, gamer fans back in. Back for blood right now is super huge. She's the voice of mom. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Uh, no, I mean, if I were going to make a fucking horror movie, I had like a budget of any kind. I feel like I'd have to try and bring Barbara Crampton in just to be like, here's cred. Here's, here's my street cred. Right. You have to like what I do now. And I think it was really wise of uh, Adam Wingard to like bring her in. I feel like he knew what he was doing by bringing her in. Also, yeah. she's a great actress. So like, she is a strong performer, but also like, despite being in her 60s, she doesn't look a day over like maybe 30. I was going to say, she's only like 63 now, and this movie was made 10 years ago? A decade ago. Yeah, so. But, I mean, she just put out a movie this year, Jacob's Wife, mm-hmm. and also still looks the same. Yeah. So she's one of those like people that, like like Paul Rudd, who like drank out of the fountain of youth or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Um, but she was. Paul Rudd she, clone batch. She was really good in this because I really liked her. Because um, I was very prepared to not like either of the parents. And instead, I was just like, oh, okay, you know. Well, I mean, when you have waspy people like that who have children, like you said, with names like Crispin and Drake and Phoebe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they all sound, they're hilarious names. I'm sorry. Just like. Yeah. But especially uh, Crispin, for some reason, is funny. But, like, I know there's – the only other Crispin I know of is Crispin Glover 
from oh, Back yeah. to the Future fame and uh, playing fake Willy Wonka in like one of those weird offset movies that branched away from Scary Movie. If yeah. you remember, do you remember that weird renaissance where it was like everything epic. was just the parodies of the movies that were um, popular? Yeah, at the time, like not another teen movie, the vampire uh, movie. You know, there was like a zombie one. Yeah, did I watch them all? Yes. <laughs> I, I distinctly remember watching the one with fake Willy Wonka in it, and it was very strange. Yeah. They were all very strange, very um, lowbrow. Oh yeah, for sure. Which is fine. I mean, the movie sequels had uh, Leslie Nielsen in them, which was kind of amazing. Now I kind of want to go back and watch Police Squad, or maybe even uh, Naked Gun. Those movies are great. Um, Also, Scary Movies Three's Sheriff and her hat just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. was the stupidest yet maybe one of the greatest psych gags ever. Mm-hmm. If you can't go Google that and just look at how big her hat eventually gets. <laughs> you won't believe it. She's wearing the urban sombrero by the end of that movie. Um, Seinfeld reference. If Crimson's listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm also not sorry. I've been watching a lot of Seinfeld. Yeah. You watch what you want. It's fine. We've all got our comfort shows. I was just rewatching WandaVision. <laughs> uh, anyway, I ended up liking the parents more than I thought I was going to um, because I just assumed that, you know, since he worked for defense and they were the people that they were, that they were just going to be like awful. And I don't know, maybe it's because we didn't have so much time with them, but I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Kind of better for y'all. That could be a component of it, right? The fact that you didn't get enough time to hate these characters. <laughs> like, whereas, like, Drake, I feel like I hated him the Drake, second he got on screen. <laughs> I was just going to say, Drake entered the room and I was just like, oh, this fucker. Oh. <laughs> and also, you find out that, like, Crispy is, like, a teacher dating one of his students, which, whatever. I mean, if that happens, I guess, you know, whatever. But, oh, but it's crazy. Yeah, I think Drake was right. You know, I'm going to say, I'm going to give Drake a redemption arc and say, saying that that was unprofessional was right. He shouldn't have whispered it. He should have yelled it. Yeah. Let's, okay, let's be very real for a moment here. Like, I don't think that their age difference is all that, all that big. But if you're a person within a position of power over another person, and you're both dating, that's not cool. That's where that's where it's creepy for me. I don't care about the age difference. Like, you know, I've uh I know a bunch of people who have parents with like big age gaps, uh and all that shit. I was more creeped out by the power dynamic thing. Yeah. It depends when the age gap's happening. Like are you both over twenty six? Because your brain's not fully developed until you're in your mid-20s. So, like, people are like, oh, okay, they're 18, they're an adult, but they're not. Um, So, to me, it's always weird. Like, so if he's, that's that's where it gets kind of creepy to me. When someone's like, oh, I'm 30, and they're like, I'm 21. Then you're like, oh, what what do y'all really have so much in common? You know, anyway, um, that's just me. 
and you find out the 30 year old has like you know the exact taste of like a zoomer or something so it's like yeah i guess i don't know but also like it'd be whatever one year old is like still wanting to go out and be like let's go out all night and let's be real once you hit 30 you start being in that like you know i think it's time to go in by now 30 I just drank a seltzer and I'm super bloated. My hip hurts. Yeah, I got soup belly, you know. You know. Soup um, belly is, is great, but also it's not really a bop. It's not something I look to do. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Your I body does some weird stuff post 30 that it's not doing when you're in your early 20s. Um, you know, I've been going to the- see movies at like 9, 10 p.m. on opening nights because like the theater near me, nobody's there. And it's nice to be able to do it. But I am finding that after 10 p.m., I'm having a real hard time staying awake. (laughs) You know what's awesome? Those matinee movies, nobody goes to them except for, like, you'll have some moms with kids who are going to whatever the kid movie is. And so it's, like, you and then just, like, a couple other people and sometimes some older people. And you can have that theater pretty much to yourself, and it is a good time. <laughs> you know, I think I should try that. I've been meaning to go see the Eternals. Oh, like I want to see it so bad. Tingo or whatever uh, the fuck. Uh, <laughs> we have to go so, so support uh, Bollywood. Yeah. You have to go support <laughs> Kumail, uh, you know, yeah. because he, he got cyberbullied for getting jacked. I don't think he got cyberbullied for being jacked. I don't. I think he got cyberbullied because there's a good chance that Marvel might have stuck him on HGH, which is fucked up. But he shouldn't have got bullied for that. Marvel nope. should get bullied for doing yeah. that to him and to Chris Pratt and to every actor that they've been like, uh, yeah, you're going to be in the gym fucking eight hours a day for like six months. And don't drink water. To, yeah, you're going to not drink water for three days. You're going to so eat boiled chicken seconds. and broccoli. And that's it. Yeah. Which, uh, you know. And it's not just Marvel who does it. DC does it. Um, CW does it. Anybody let's, who's doing that shit. Fuck yeah. those guys. Let, let's, fuck those guys let's, for doing let's, that to let's make a new pact going into this new year that we are going to allow men to eat and to hydrate properly. And we are all just going to celebrate bodies for what they are. Let's you all make that pact. Get yeah. jacked if you want to. But do but it if safe. You want to. Yeah. Be do it safely. Do a good progression. Mm-hmm. Eat your proteins. Don't inject them. <laughs> like, yeah. and I don't even, don't inject yeah. And I don't want to say that they're forcing any, that they're injecting anything in anybody because we don't know. But forcing someone to just be on like a boiled chicken diet and going to the gym a whole bunch and not drinking. Male, female, gender fluid, gender neutral, whomever you are. That's not healthy. It's not okay. Your body needs different foods. It needs different nutrients. It needs rest days. And you need to work different things at different times. So. We also don't know really the long-term implications of this. Because, like, Hollywood hasn't been doing this for that long. So we don't know, like, what's going to happen 10, 20, 30 years from now. The reason, yeah. I will say, the reason that the accusations of, like, HGH have come to Kumail is because, like, 
when you lift and you get bigger or whatever, or if you lose a little body fat or whatever, yes, you're going to like see different kinds of definition and stuff like that. The shape of his face changed dramatically. And it's, he wasn't like a larger fellow to begin with. So even if you lost weight from your face, it's not going to do that. But if you inject chemicals, it does happen. And seeing it happen with people who lift, and there's a good chance that poor fucker got suckered into that. I hope he didn't, and I hope maybe it's just like a weird case of like maybe he did chin lifts or something, but who knows. But I will say it's a bummer that he got like bullied offline yeah, because of it because it wasn't his fault. Like he just – he fucking bought into some pressure and shit, and you shouldn't I mean, fucking do that. No, and like I said, it's a lot of – it's a lot of people doing that. It's um, and unfortunately, Hollywood and TV have been like that since um, since they stopped letting queer people make the movies. Like, <laughs> like once the Paramount and everything took over, and then it was like, all right, we're going to put twelve-year-olds on speed pills. You know, I mean, like fucking the original Superman was like a guy with a dad bot. Yeah. Same with the original. Like Adam West was not ripped. Nope. Adam West was just like a guy with a dad bod, like, you know, that like sort of bloaty abdomen that you get after you turn 30. Like, he just had that. But he was still but Barbara Gordon had cool. to be super trim. That's true. So did Catwoman, every Catwoman. It's just now it's really starting to hit men as well. And the that's not okay. We don't, over, yeah. we don't want that. We don't want, we don't want anybody to be doing that. Um, no, especially when you see that fucking Kingo is in like a full, like all the Eternals are in like big full suits. Yeah, if you're putting your actors in a muscle suit, then they don't need to oh, be. Yeah, you to be eating nothing but chicken. But also there's like a, yeah. there's a, a thicker black gentleman in the movie. They didn't make him fucking go get ripped or whatever. Why did you do it to Camille? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's where my pisser is. Like, oh, Why'd you fucking do that to him? Come on now. I don't know. I um I this don't like body back. shaming for anybody and I don't like forcing um anyone into boxes and forcing them to be doing unhealthy diets. Um Exactly. And it's like, well, if you're gonna let one other person who has like a normal sized body in it, why is it why not just have two people with a normal sized body or as many people as want to be with a just yeah. a regular human body that is like not unnat like you know getting super ripped is not supernatural like i'm mm-hmm. sure you probably were leaner as cave people because we didn't have the abundance of food that we have now and probably weren't even eating every day but like the converse of that and just being like giganto and shit or just pure muscle we really don't know what the fucking implications of that health-wise are. I will say, though, like, I lift and I go to the gym and I follow a lot of bodybuilders and shit. A couple of them have suffered heart attacks and stuff. And, you know, they're later in age, but, like, this, we don't know the implications of doing this to your body. Yeah. And it's not necessarily super healthy. Just because you have a lot of muscle doesn't necessarily mean you're super healthy. Yeah. I mean, and it's yeah. something that... um Jason Momoa's talked about. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why he liked doing Dune um, was because he was like, dude, I don't have to be shirtless in this, do I? Like, I don't have to 
be ridiculous. And they were like, yeah, no, Sebastian Stan, who mm, problematic, but he's also spoken out about it, about how, how hard he's had to work and how you have to dehydrate yourself just so you can get like that one shirtless scene the way that the, I think, yeah, I think the, the Jack man talked about that too. Like how he, he had did. to like, he drank yeah. gallons of water a day for yeah. like three days. And then for, I think it was only a day yeah. that he had to not drink, but he basically like had to not drink for that one day so that the skin would just basically sink into the musculature. Yeah. But then you think about things like, you know, um, Henry Cavill and like Man of Steel and stuff like that, where he's got like multiple shirtless scenes and you're just like, Ooh, no. Yeah. How much did he have to do for that? Well, he also, yeah. you know what though? He wasn't sinewy and ripped for that. So I got yeah. Rudy Snyder. Snyder's a different and weird case altogether. Cause he's he a ripped director. He <laughs> like he's also ripped. So like, he's like, I'm going to put myself through it as well. Yeah, he's in it with them. Bless him. He's a strange squirrel man. We love him. He's Um, he's an interesting interesting human being. But he makes great zombie movies and he should do more. He does. But we've gone Uh, way off track. We have. We talked about Christmas. Here's just what we were going to say. Take care of your body. And we're all going to support different body types and we're going to support actors being allowed to have their body type and shame on studios for doing anything other than that. At this point, we want diversity and we want it in all ways. And we want our actors to be able to be healthy. End of my soapbox moment. I will say, uh, let Kumail be funny again. So he's a funny guy. I heard uh, he's funny in this. But anyway, I don't know because I haven't seen it yet. But I do want to see Eternals. Go see Eternals. Go watch um, Ten, uh, Ten Rings is also on Disney Plus, And it was really good. Go watch that. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Yeah. And very funny. Indeed. Indeed. Especially indeed. Aquafina figuring out that Shang-Chi's uh, <laughs> alias was just Sean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being like, it's not that much different. Why didn't you pick a different name? That was such a good gag. I don't know why that cracked me up so much. But, well, it, was but it was good. But it was good. That whole movie is real sharp. It's real funny. I think we're just doing our... Um, we're doing like a... a, a our a, ending <laughs> things right now. Um, also, it's beautifully shot. And it. if you're a fan of those kinds of movies and TV shows... Um, where you're getting like those beautiful fight scenes. Oops, it's that movie's a chef's kiss. You like it's kung so fu and, and funny jokes. You like that mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of that. It, it, I will say the only critique I would have is a lot of it is Aquafina going, "Oh shit!" Like over yeah. and over again. But that's kind of what Aquafina does. Unless you're the watching role. the goodbye, or was yeah the goodbye, the farewell, yeah. I think it is the goodbye. Is that the one where like the the grandmother's gonna die? Or yeah. Like you know. That the farewell. That's a film from 2019, and it's so good. And I sobbed, and I didn't understand what people's problems with Aquafina were because I had never seen her in anything other than that until uh, more recently. Um, she does kind of use uh, black person voice. 
Like yes. she did it less in this movie, which was nice. Yeah, I think she's like become aware. Yeah. I think enough people have been like, why do you do that? Yeah. Stop doing that. It's weird. Don't 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 keep doing that. Yeah. And then she finally caught on and well, whatever. Okay. And like, so yeah. let's let's talk about let's talk about this awkward family. Your dinner. Um yeah, <laughs> we do. We have an awkward family dinner. Um, and then shit hits the fan. Yeah. First of all, uh Tariq. Uh <laughs> Young young director Tariq. Struggling actor, director, whatever. Struggling documentary director. Let's not let's not pigeon. But he doesn't make commercials. He does that not. listen, Tariq that in and of itself is the reason for Drake and his wife to die, is the fact that they're like, I only watch TV for commercials. I'm like, no, no. No, that was a really weird thing, but it was also yeah. hilariously pedantic of him to be like, Well, I think you should make commercials. Yeah. I think it'd be very good if you made commercials. Those are the best. <laughs> well, uh, they're trying to explain what underground indie film festivals are. Yeah. Do you, do you watch them underground? Do you watch them in a hole? <laughs> but, you know, that, that, you know, so that was, that was interesting. And then. Yeah. Uh, Takes one so, right to the neck. To, yeah. Tariq sees something in the window. So he, he gets up to go, not in the window per se, but out the window. He gets up to go take a look-see and see what's going on while the argument at the table starts to heat up a little bit uh, between Crispy and Drake. <laughs> I suppose and as it does. <laughs> as, as it could and as it does. Um, but then after that, Tariq gets hit in the fucking middle of the head. I believe it goes through the... I think it goes through the center of his head. Yeah. Like like pretty much a headshot <laughs> with a bolt. Just boof. And uh, I think Aaron's the one who notices finally above the fray of all the fights and stuff like that that Tariq has a fucking arrow Which stuck to his head. Makes sense because Aaron and Tariq are the ones who are coming from what seems like very different backgrounds, both socioeconomically and just... In general, like it seems like Drake's wife. Oh my gosh, what's her name? I feel uh, so bad. Na, 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 was it Kelly? I think it was Kelly. Amy? No, Amy's the sister. Yeah, I think it was Kelly. Kelly was Drake's. Oh, wife. Kelly, yes. Um, Kelly seems to be a little bit more on the same level as the Davisons. Um, so, and Z doesn't really seem to care about anything, which we will get back into her later. But so Aaron and Tariq are coming from a very different place. He's a filmmaker. So of course he's going to kind of notice things and see things that other people aren't. And Aaron's in a situation where there is heightened tension and with her background, which we learn about a little bit later, which was a great twist. It makes sense that she's on an alert and that she's paying more attention. And right after that, that's pretty, pretty much once Tariq gets got, it's all chaos. Like there's, there's Mm -hmm. really a ramp up even, I would say it just goes, 
It just goes into it. He's down, and now shit hits the fan. And we have a bunch of random assailants who are in various cute animal masks. Yeah. Uh, which was a really nice touch, I feel like. I, uh, I don't know what the... Was there a significance to that? I don't think there was. No. It was just an aesthetic choice. Yeah, there was a fox, a lamb, and a tiger. And ironically, I feel like the lamb was like the roughest and gruffest. Yeah. But basically, you know, we get shit going on. Uh, The family is obviously trying their best to uh, sort of gather together, figure out what's going on, maybe cook up an escape plan. I do give them that, that they aren't just like, let's leave Tyreek. They're like, they don't know what to do, but they want to help him seems like and then we come to another one of many interesting and and creative kills uh you have amy the i think the only daughter Mm -hmm. of brood she's like i'm a fast runner i'm gonna go outside and i'm gonna run real fast like because they need to undo the jammer, the cell phone jammer. Yes. No, they don't need to undo it. They need to get out of the radius. I think she was going to try and run yeah. Yeah, so she could call police. Yeah. And that does not work out well. There is basically some piano wire, yeah. uh, you know, across the, the gateway to this house, across the threshold. And she runs into it full bore and slits her own throat yeah and dies pretty much immediately and yeah, it's it, hard to come back from that. yeah you're pretty much done i think once you slit your throat open i don't think there's really unless you do it in a hospital like in a bed and the doctor's ready to put you down and sew you up uh, i think you, you're pretty fu- you can come back from it but a lot of times you'll have a lot of damage um but she it was a good idea. It was a good idea. <laughs> um, because good they were idea. expecting people to just be because they were not expecting the entire house to be basically be trapped. And then, which is interesting because, uh, you know, that, that booby trap idea kind of comes across, well, gets inverted later on. But Yeah, it turns into Home Alone, kind of. It does. <laughs> Uh, which, it's by the way, go watch the new Home Alone on Disney Plus if you hate yourself. And if you, <laughs> if you want to be angry at a movie, <laughs> go watch that movie. Uh, but yeah, so basically, the next major death, I would say, is uh, Aubrey, mm-hmm. the, the matriarch of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the husband just basically goes, uh, you know, go lay down. Why don't you go take a chill pill? Go take a little cat nap, see if you can't. You know, she's been through a fuck ton at this point. And it's also said in the beginning that she's on medication and that she can't drink, which means that it's anxiety medication. Yeah, most likely. And that makes sense, too, because, I mean, you're... That's, you know, coming with whatever kind of weird industry he was in, I'm sure that could also, like, exacerbate any normal anxiety. And, you know, it's also kind of a tropish thing about, like, rich white housewives, too, is that they're pill poppy mm-hmm. people. But who fucking knows why that came into play, unless it just was convenient for that yeah. set piece to make it that she needed to lay down. 
Yeah, but, but it seems it, odd that he's not like, let me go with you. Like, you know, he's like, okay, babe, go upstairs by yourself. <laughs> and then she gets got by a dude in a fox mask mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, writes the titular you're next on the wall, which we should mention too. I believe that happened. Actually. Yeah. It was in the cold open as well mm-hmm. uh, where the dude who was taking a sensual shower after a good stoopy step or whatever, uh, after his girlfriend gets murked, discovers the words you're next written on the glass at his house. So there's a bit of a calling card, I guess. And interesting. And very fun. Uh, and then we start to see Aaron sort of coming into her own little by little as the movie progresses. Uh, basically, Kelly, who I believe was Drake's wife, does end up making a run for it and getting yep. out of there. She goes and finds that other house and discovers the corpse of the dude who'd been killed previously. And then she is murked by, I believe, <coughs> Lamb Mask, right? Yeah. Does Crispin go with her? Wait, how, why does Crispin leave? Crispin, I think, to... leaves a little bit after her to go look for help. Yeah. Which made no sense because Crispin is the softest looking soft boy within the family. Like, that was when I was like, mm, there's something there. There definitely is. And, <laughs> and Aaron, uh, at this point... Uh, Aaron's the only thing keeping them alive. <laughs> she, oh, for sure. Like, they all would have died in minutes if it was not for her. I think they would have gotten ambushed and just, like, everybody who was meant to get killed would have gotten fucking murked. Um, but... Aaron gets attacked and immediately brings the heat and fucking crushes a dude's skull in with a fucking meat tenderizer. It's awesome. It's awesome. Like just fucking the one of the actually all the goriest kills are hers. Because she fights dirty. (coughs) Australian survivalist style. Yeah. I mean, I think find out. Yeah, I think it's okay to drop that list. We find out a little heart to heart when she's trying to teach Z how to um, start booby trapping the house. <laughs> and um, she lets Z know that she hasn't told Crispin yet, but that her dad had her basically in a survivalist cult in Australia. And then she and her mom got out and moved to the States Um but I love the fact, this was something Pat and I talked about. Um, I love the fact that she has a reason to be so good at surviving. And a plausible one at that. And not only mm-hmm. a survivalist camp, but a survivalist camp in fucking Australia of all places. So, like, I would say, you know, you go to a survivalist camp anywhere, you're going to end up being a bit of a tough cookie. But you do it in fucking Australia of all places you're going to be like ridiculously OP and she fucking like, I think I texted you at one point, like <laughs> who is the actual bad guy here? Is it the murderers, murderous assassins or is it the fucking Australian kill God who's just fucking ripping them all to shreds. 
one tiny woman yes. with like a rubber band MacGyvering everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. Plenty of knives, screwdrivers, yeah, anything yeah. sharp. She's just basically she found jamming. everything. Yeah. She did great. She was a little loot goblin. She that you needed to find. Um, she knew how to set up like boards and nails. Um, and she is. She's rigging some stuff up, kind of home alone style. Um, very effective. I was super proud of her. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> no, she was a badass. I kind of I love that the tables got turned like they did. But it was fucking cool. She fucking took that dude out with a meat tenderizer. Super gory kill. Basically just caves his skull in. And he's not the last person whose skull shall cave in. Um, nope. Or just do dirty in general. <laughs> but then we find out that these guys have been camping at this house. Mm-hmm. Uh, the father figures this out. And then shortly afterwards, it's his throat slit. Mm-hmm. And then we, then we come to the big twist. Which is which comes from Felix, Felix the kid, the youngest, <laughs> the youngest son, Felix. Uh, he and Z uh, basically were the ones who hired these assassins. Mm-hmm. I believe former military personnel. Yep, and they are meant to kill off the parents so they can collect a kill off the parents and the other siblings so they can collect a big fat inheritance. Because obviously these guys are super rich, and the inheritance would be worth like millions of dollars. Which I was wondering about, like, it was clear to us that they were rich during the opening, like just when they were driving in. And then they have Arab and Crispin talking about it. So, like, it was clear that that they wanted us to understand that, us the viewers. So... Then when we have this twist, we're all like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah. is He's committed. He's ready to do this. So much so that he brings us to a pretty gnarly death with Drake. He stabs Drake with literally everything. All the screwdrivers in that entire house that he can find. At what point... He also says to Drake as he's stabbing him to death, and this was an interesting and fucked up bit of comedy relief, but he's like, please just die already. This is very difficult for me. (laughs) After he turned him into a pin cushion with screwdrivers, he's like, this is really traumatic for me. And then they pan out and you see that he's got legitimately like 15. He's got everything. Things inside his like torso. (laughs) Yeah, this is like if you got the, you know, and I'm dating myself here, but if you got the screwdriver kit from Sears, like I bought for my dad, like nearly every Christmas because he has so many screwdrivers. (laughs) I kept forgetting I bought them, but this was like if you took every screwdriver in that kit, which came with many screwdrivers and just jammed them into a person. That's what, like, all of them, Phillips head. And Drake, Drake head. just stands there looking completely gobsmacked that his younger brother is legit trying to murk him. But also, because, <laughs> like, he's also, he's been wounded previously. He got, yeah. he got hit with a bolt as well. Yeah. Um, In the back of the shoulder, I think. Yeah. And that's some tender meat. And he got, he got mm-hmm. zoomed. 
a lot, a lot of meds to like keep them, you know, kind of on the level, I guess. So I, I have to wonder, like, was he actually even noticing how badly he, he was getting That's stabbed? what I was, that's what I was going to say. I don't think he knew. Like, he just stands there. And we all have the moment of realization at the same time um, as Drake. And then he just falls. <laughs> like, it's all so fast. It's all, like, this is a really long scene, but it's not. It's legitimately a matter of seconds. I don't think it's even a full minute. It's really, it's a really fast scene, but yeah, yeah. like it's still just like fucking and weird. And it's perfect like, because it's so short and dark and funny. <laughs> yeah, just like yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Felix is being like, uh, "This is really bugging me." This is just, really difficult for me. Just die, please. <laughs> <laughs> but she, and he just falls. <laughs> She just, so, and then, like, Aaron's kind of running around the house, figuring shit out as she goes. Crawling through the walls, just peeing up her leg. Yeah. And then she also gets clued in to the twist, Mm -hmm. uh, which happens as one of the masked gentlemen is getting a little fed up with his employer because his brother is just... Like Felix is complaining to this guy that he had to kill his brother, and then he, he, he I think his lamb mask is like, well, yeah, that's my brother over there that just like has his head like caved in. Mm-hmm. So don't fucking yeah. complain to me, dum dum. And uh, you know, it looks like it's gonna go wrong for Felix there, but he manages some to, more money. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm gonna give you four thousand dollars now instead of you know two hundred thousand. So you know, it's only right that you get your brother's share or whatever. I think is how he phrased it. But uh, yeah, the change. As this is happening, Aaron's also been going around the house doing her little her little iteration of Home Alone, which is going to be much more surprisingly somehow more deadly than the actual Home Alone things were. Uh, (laughs) You know, someday we'll discuss the fact that that movie, like those guys, (laughs) minutes into the movie, the second Mm -hmm. the trap during those guys would have all died. Like the the paint can to the face would have crushed their skulls. Um, especially if it was full, it would have caved their heads in. Worse than anything that happened in this movie, honestly. Um, but so as the, all this is happening, she's putting her little Easter egg fun traps around the house. <laughs> she's now overhearing this and realizing that this whole thing was a setup, and that you know this demented, fucked up family, uh, you know. Clearly, there's some real breakages happening here, and the youngest son is, you know, trying to kill everybody so that he can keep his inheritance. And while she's listening into that, her cell phone goes off because she had sent a text to 911 previously, and she finally gets into a range where the service is lasting long enough mm-hmm. that the text can go through, makes a funky little noise, so then she's pulled back into the action. And she fucking jams a screwdriver into the top of Lamb Mask's head. Yep. Like, just fucking foop. And it's fucking us. And she go, after this, she continues to set more cute little fun traps. Like, <laughs> using a camera so that the flash will be all disorienting. Oh, yeah. By the way, warning for those of you who um, don't do well with flashes. Um, this, yeah, this section would be difficult yeah. for you. 
when she's in like the crawl space and you know that the, the flash is going, um, skip ahead like four or five minutes. It's not even that long. It's like a minute. Yeah. It is a really short sequence, but it's a really cool one and a clever one. Yeah. Because they use the flashing to show her moving around the room within the darkness. And suddenly then this guy who's been the hunter the whole time is being hunted because he can't see around where she is. And she just stabs the bejesus out of him. She doesn't even stab him. She fucking has a, a fucking piece of wood. Yeah. She oh, takes a goddamn... Yeah. Like a piece of firewood and just fucking caves his head in with it. Yeah. She loves destroying heads. I was trying to remember what it was that she... It was... I was having a tough time watching all of the flashing. So all I knew was that all of a sudden there was a whole lot of blood and she was going up and down. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. She's got him. The guy yeah, yeah. Gone. She, she <laughs> fucking took a log to that guy's head and just fucking crushed his head with a log. And now... All these guys are gone now. So all the assassins are gone now. She just has to deal with Felix and Z. And uh, <laughs> you know, obviously they want to take her out. Yeah. You know, they've been given uh, a couple of couple of uh, bolts to try and take her down with. Uh, they yeah. are not successful. And uh, there's a tiny little fight there. I think Aaron does get stabbed once. Mm-hmm. But by this point in the movie, I'm like, no one's going to be able to take her down. She's going to kill everybody <laughs> and uh, maybe have like a death by cop situation or something was my thought. Yeah, that was my concern was that Chris Bitten actually got out and then he and the cops were going to roll in and that they were going to see her legitimately blundering his brother's head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like. Or, or even just see her being the one person standing alive in a yeah. house full of corpses. But yeah. she gets into this interesting fight with Felix and Z uh, and then does one of the cooler, more gory kills in the movie where she fucking takes a deconstructed blender and you hear it crush into his head already. Like, he's probably not mm-hmm. going to make it after that. But then she fucking plugs... She takes a blender the blade is sticking out and she's able to stick it into the Inside. top of Felix's head. Yeah. Like it's in his skull. And then she plugs it in and turns it on and just blends his gray matter. <laughs> like just fucking holy shit. Like just like fuck. Yeah. And then, you know, it's great. As it's her want to do, she then takes a knife and sticks it in the top of Z's head. Just mm-hmm. Like I, this is like at that point you don't want to fuck around anymore. <laughs> no, and, and, but it's also neat because like you think about the idea that she's the survivalist, so she knows mm-hmm. efficient ways to kill people, but she kind of goes and tilts between the efficient stuff and the more creative and weird because i mean killing with a blender wasn't really the efficient thing to do oh yeah no it would have just definitely been stabbed just, yeah she actually probably could have just kept punching it into his head and killed him that way but she yeah. chose to turn it on uh because it was cool or <laughs> using it to like go under and do his jugular you know that would have actually been very efficient but, that's true that would have taken yeah. him out faster 
Then we get a really cool last twist because Felix's phone goes off because I guess the jammers are done. Or no longer needed. Yeah. So she picks up the phone and who do we hear but our crispity cream Crispin. Good old crispy. He's been in on it the whole time and now he's complaining because he couldn't help out after he saw his mom die because he's always been kind of had a a thing about blood, but how he wants to come into the house because it's cold. He's feeling chilly. And then he's like, I can hear you breathing. And then uh, he understands finally that he's not speaking to little Felix and has to reveal to Aaron like, oh, well, uh, we weren't going to let you die. We needed you because you actually have a clean record and we wanted you mm-hmm. to be alive so you could be like, look at this shit. Yeah, so she and, can testify. You know, and then, you know, he's going to try and bribe her away and all that stuff. And she's frankly... An engagement ring and paying off her student debts. And she's not into it. Mm-mm. She's like, no. And then she fucking <clears throat> she a knife into the side of his throat. And a screwdriver, yet again, another screwdriver. I don't know where she's finding all these screwdrivers. Oh, it was in her back pocket. Somehow it fit in her skinny jeans. But I feel like she's she's taken out a couple people with the screwdriver at this point. Maybe yeah. she just pulls it back out of that guy's head <laughs> with the back. Yeah. And she jams it into his eye. So Crispy's dead. And now it's just her in the house. And the police finally show up way late. And naturally they shoot her. Um, don't shoot her dead, but they do shoot her, and she this ends up... This yokel cop who has yeah. no idea what he's in for. No, and then uh, he gets home alone. He does, because he calls for backup, and he opens the door, and she somehow is alive and warns him not to, but too late. And the little trap that she has set comes swinging at his head. And then we have a really neat ending sequence where it's kind of showing her um, within the the credits. And they're like, ooh, possible suspect. But it was good. The movie was really good. Yeah, I got to say, like, I'm happy that she didn't get murked by the cops. I feel like that would have been the real super dark horror ending would be just like after she makes it out of all the shit she would just get shot by the cops and just killed. Um, I mean, if you really want to end it on a super dark note, that'd be the way to go. Yeah. Be a horrific ending. But I like the fact that it did keep you kind of guessing. Like you knew you had an idea that it might be an inheritance thing because they had planted that in your brain earlier and you knew that the family wasn't getting along. And But like I said, it wasn't until later that I was like, maybe Crispin's in on it somehow. Like where it's weird that we haven't seen his death, you know, because we see Kelly's. Um, Yeah, that he's able to get away so clean being the softy soft boy that he is. Yeah. And it's something that's something that they talk about a lot as well. But like he's a pacifist and he says that he's a pacifist and like, you know, um, I wasn't sure at the end if she was going to go for it or not. 
and then that maybe he was going to kill her or like that if the cops were going to come in and they were going to kind of get away with it um because there was a moment where she just starts crying and it almost looks like she's going to falter and i'm just like where are we going to go like where you know it, it was neat that the twists were there but that they weren't super duper predictable like you you kind of had to think about it. You kind of had to look for it. And I think, again, that was an advantage of the movie being a cool hour and 45 minutes is that it doesn't give you a lot of time to be sitting there like, ooh, I wonder, you know? No, and it's and the cool part about the twist, too, is that while they were twisty, they also weren't like M. Night Shyamalan level twists. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're not so, out of nothing. Yeah, like, it's definitely, there's enough seeds planted for it where it's not just like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, it's more like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. And, like, it's good plotting, and it's just yeah. super fun. Camera work was really good. The practical effects were really good. Oh, the squibs. So many squibs. Great. Uh-huh. Lots of uh-huh. fake blood. Loved it. It was just, it, yeah, it was a treat. It was definitely a fun, yeah. fun slasher horror movie. Which I don't think we've done that many splashers lately, so it was cool. Yeah. Like I said, I wanted to uh, start us off, start off season two, getting us into the holiday spirit of family togetherness and a family dinner. Uh, Pat, what would you rate this one? Mm, If we're going out of five, I'm going to give it a good four out of five. I don't think it's perfect, but it's pretty fucking good. Definitely going to give it another watch. Yeah, I was going to say I would give it about a four as well. And I think it's going to become one of my my go-to background horror movies. Nice. I liked it a lot. Yeah. This was no, a good... This was a good... Um, Pat was the one who suggested this one when we were kind of going back and forth about what to do with this topic. And good job, Pat. Boy, thank you. Good no, choice. I, just, I wanted to find something that like was oriented around families, but wasn't going to be like... like a, and we'll probably end up dipping into like the weirder Thanksgiving horror movies. Yeah. We need to find at least one to watch. There's gotta be one. Yeah. That's the one we're gonna bully your brother with. Um, but <laughs> but like uh would yeah, Texas was, Chainsaw Massacre be one? I mean, that's all about a family oh, yeah. eating together. Oh, yeah. I mean it's about a family carving oh, the turkey. Mm-hmm. Carving. Um, you know. Yeah. Honestly, that movie, there's, if you're talking the original, there's a scene in the movie where a dude just gets bopped with a hammer, and I don't know why, but it makes me laugh. I think it's the way he falls. It's the so way, I think I the, the, the suddenness with which it happens, too, because he's just like a guy in a hallway, and then yeah. Leatherface just kind of pops out of nowhere and just bops him in the head with a mallet, and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I'm going to have to go back and just watch that one scene, um, because it is funny to me. And that's yeah. fucked up. But it is what it is. It's good. Um, yeah. But, and I think we did our recommendations already. Did them in the middle this time. Um, I think we recommend all over the place. I will say, though, uh, if you're a fan of comic books, definitely check out the work of Aubrey Sitterson. He's a, uh, a very fun comics writer from out California way. Uh, he's got a whole bunch of shit that just came out this year, uh, Stoned Master. It's about like just literally like a sort of stoned 
kung fu guy who's fighting for housing rights. And then the Beef Bros, which is about two giant muscular guys uh, who are fighting for the rights of normal people against big corporate interests and mean cops and shitty landlords. (laughs) Those are literally what they fight. (laughs) And it's fucking awesome because they're just two gigantic muscle brown, like just goofballs who uh, (laughs) rescue a homeless guy off the street and feed him protein pancakes and then beat up their mean (laughs) But it's, I swear it's one of the coolest comic books ever. And then, uh, no one left to fight, which is like if you miss Dragon Ball uh, the way it used to be. He made a comic book that is basically that, and it's fucking rad as shit. And uh, I think the worst dudes is still running too. Like he's got, I think he's got like four or five concurrent things going. A lot of it's Kickstarter, nice. but it's fucking rad. And uh, Black Friday, starring Bruce Campbell. Well, Bruce Campbell's in it. I don't, I don't want to say starring, but I mean, the fact that he's in it makes me... He's he always kind of steals the show. Yeah. Even back when he was on, like, Hercules and Xena and stuff like that, like, those were the Bruce Campbell episodes. I mean, even Spider-Man 1. Oh, yeah. He literally named Spider-Man. How, how yeah. could you go wrong? But uh, um, if you trailer for that movie, go check it out. I pre-ordered it already. I'm going to gleefully watch it. On Thanksgiving, I'm going to say it's coming out before then, but I'm saving it. There you go. For after the kids go to bed, I'm going to watch that shit into Black Friday. Um, Another recommendation that I have is if you like webtoons, um, Laura Olympus has been a really popular webtoon, and now they have it out in book form. Um, So that's a great way to... Get to that story with a, a retelling of Greek mythology. Does that like um, there is a trigger warning for that one though? Sexual assault. There is a, a very big sexual assault scene in it, and that is the reason why I haven't started it yet. But everybody loves it, and I really like the art for it. Is that going to be? I'm assuming probably something to do with any of the number of weird sexual assaults that come with the Greek mythology. Cause there's like a lot of, yes. yeah, it's kind of part and parcel to it. Like if you're going to look at any Greek mythology, honestly, yeah, I would say just be warned that there's probably going to be something yeah. fucked up and weird in there. Like that just seemed to be, I think there's a lot of occurrences of it too. Like it's not like a it one. It is Demeter. Demeter gets assaulted an awful lot. And then you wonder why she's, like, really nasty to everybody. And I'm just kind of like, no, she's got her reasons. Yeah. She just, you know. By all of her brothers except Hades, because Hades is just chilling out in the underworld. Ironically, Hades ends up being the cool guy. He's, yeah. Except for James Woods, Hades, because James Woods (laughs) is the the kook. Um, But, you know. Redub James Woods in Kingdom Hearts 2022 challenge. <laughs> Make somebody else play Hades in Kingdom Hearts. That's all I'm saying. There we go. If they make another one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You uh, 
what we do in the shadows, obviously go go and finish season three. Seen it. So good. My God. Fucking A. Wow. All of it. The whole season yeah. was great. But you know. Do you do you understand now why I was sitting there just like you have to finish it? I got me. That's why I finished it so fast. I went I had five episodes left and I fucking shot through all of them in one night. Yeah. Cause once it kicks in, it really kicks the fuck in. Uh Cree Summer, fucking great. Uh being a weird cult leader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially after she kills her entire following and just goes back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. And to talk about a twist. The twist at the end of the twist at the end of this season. Oh, wow. what a twist. I can't wait for season four. I know. I'm also, ready. I'm ready know, now. If you're a fan of Matt Berry's music, uh, while he's sitting at the piano, he does briefly play his song, Take My Hand, which is like his signature song and the theme show to his show in England, Toast of London, which is a an hilarious show about a failed actor named Stephen Toast. <laughs> Who uh, is played by Barry and is a just a gigantic buffoon with a weird skunk white line in his hair. And uh, yes, he's he's amazing. If, if you're looking for a weird show to check up on Netflix and you love Matt Barry, check out Toast of London. Warning, though, there just a ton of uh, awkward sexual content. They don't show anything. He yeah. just happens to be banging his mortal enemy's wife all the time. <laughs> Like, I'm not surprised. He, he refers to her by her her name as Mrs. Purchase too. Oh my <laughs> gosh, it's great. Check out that show. It's fun. Yeah, those are my. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of good stuff out, and we are excited to be back with all of you. Prepare to be inundated with weird holiday shit for the next few weeks. It's coming well into the new year. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, thanks for being here with us. We could not be getting into season two without y'all, so we really appreciate it and love you. And be be safe. Enjoy your mm-hmm. holiday season. Uh, indulge, but don't go too crazy. Unless yeah. it's what you feel like doing. Listen to your body. Enjoy your body. I think that's somehow weirdly the tagline for this episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, and let Kumail be funny again. That's the, that's the other tagline. And actually, I think he's still funny, but I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't gotten to see Eternals yet. Um, yeah. Go enjoy some movies. Uh, get cozy, because it's about to get creepy. See you later, everybody. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>